Hey, here is the second part of our live show at Die Laughing 2019, or Die Laughing 6, A Sixth Sense of Laughing. I hope you enjoy it. Aaron, say something. Something. Welcome to Travel by Proxy, the show where we leave our house so you don't have to. I'm Andrea. And I'm Aaron. In each episode, we talk about an experience anywhere from, I completely forgot this, from right in our neighborhood to far off lands. We're live at Travel, we're live at Die Laughing 2019. And, and since I had this up, I'm going to say my bit, which is we bring you our experience, some history, and a taste of each destination by sampling something generally unique to it. So whether you're listening to this in your car, on a train, on a plane, or in Spain, you'll learn about something to add to your bucket list. Or remove from it. In this week's episode, we're in the second half of our live show at Die Laughing, where we're going to talk about San Antonio. San Antonio, Texas. And we're going to specifically focus on our experiences in San Antonio. Uh, at this point, I really want to talk about the Riverwalk. Have oh, I love the Riverwalk. Has been? anyone ever been on the San Antonio Riverwalk in the audience? Is it not, like, the weirdest, best thing you've ever done? Like, the the one thing that is, is great but terrifying about it is when you walk, there are no railings of any kind. So you're just walking along this river, and it's super narrow. And then you get those groups of people that you always get on a sidewalk or in a mall. They're walking five abreast, and they're walking really slow. And you're just like, hey, can you just excuse me for uh, a second? Excuse me. But they don't care. They don't listen. And you're trying not to fall in the dang river. And you just had margaritas at the Me- the Mexican restaurant, you know, right on the Riverwalk, too. Yeah. and Or you went to one of the barbecue places <sighs> and had, like, six beers. I love Texas barbecue. You know, it's – I love barbecue in general. Texas is great. Kansas City is great. I Like, anybody who sits there and talks smack about uh, the various different types, oh, it's like, you know, North Carolina, our barbecue is so much better. I don't care. It's barbecue. It's, it's good barbecue. food. Um, I used to spend my summers in Texas when I was a little kid, so I'm partially biased to Texas barbecue, but um, yeah, it all barbecue is great. Uh, I remember when I was down there, there was a lot of people who kept telling me that I needed to go to a specific barbecue joint. I'm not going to mention it because it's a chain joint. And when I went you there, you can mention it. It's okay. Like I can't actually remember what oh, the name is. That's well, what that's I was why you didn't to mention it. I put you on the spot <laughs> and embarrassed you that's in front okay. of a live audience. And what else is new for our podcast? That's true. <laughs> I'm sure I'll get you back at some point. Yeah, it's true. Um, but no, it's like I, I'm like I don't want to go to a chain restaurant if I'm in San Antonio. There's literally dozens of places that are you know just one-off, good barbecue restaurants that I can go to and enjoy that I will never be able to experience anywhere else. And that's what I ended up seeking out on the Riverwalk. Um, I think for me, uh, my my Riverwalk memory was uh, taking my spouse to it. And uh, sort of um, both of us not really knowing what to expect because the last time we did it, um, I was a, well, I almost said the last time we did it, I was a little kid, but that would be really awkward in phrasing. <laughs> um, the last time I did it, I was, I was, a, I was younger. So um, I was in that phase where like, I just didn't want to be anywhere at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was nice to actually spend some time walking around with somebody and, um, kind of just sitting and enjoying uh, these the the like uh, muggy Texas weather, um, uh, but I, I don't know. Like uh, it, it's cool to see like like the the boats and like mm-hmm. um, you know just 
it's I mean it's a really beautiful area. There's a lot of foliage. Uh, they've done a really good job of maintaining it. Uh, I was actually reading that apparently they were able to get so much sediment out of that they no longer have to drain the river every year. Really? Yeah, because they used to have to drain it every January so that they could get, like clear out sediment so that it wasn't like slowly rising above the uh, uh, the sidewalk and starting to flood all the restaurants. Wow. I never knew that. Yeah, uh, but apparently they were able to remove so much last year that they now only have to do it uh, once every couple of years or once every five years. So they're trying to shoot for like getting enough sediment out every time that they do it that they don't have to interrupt people's enjoyment of hmm. the river. Because it's Texas. It's not like everything freezes. The it's one true. thing about Texas, though, is everyone thinks it's really cold when it's 60 degrees and they freak out and they wear parkas and they got scared by me who was walking around in a hoodie and not freezing to death. Oh, and yeah, and every time they see you, they're like, oh, uh, are you okay? Are you okay, hon? The are amount you of people. I, w- I was down there for, for several months uh, and it, like, it, it went from summer in through fall and then right up to December, uh, the last time I was down there. And I was wandering around because it was like 45 degrees, which is really cold for that part of Texas and that part of the country in general. And I was wearing like a hooded sweatshirt and I was wearing my suit pants because I was working an event that day. And everybody was looking at me and they were wearing like snow pants and parkas and scarves and big hats and several layers. And they're like, you're going to catch hypothermia and you're going to die. I'm just like... No, because I understand cold, because I'm from the north where we have to deal with that. I just can't deal with your summers anymore because it's 97 on a cool day. <laughs> oh, man. I, uh, yeah, no, um, actually the weirdest part about it right now is my mom's retired down to Texas. She lives in Corpus Christi almost full time, which is south and on the Gulf Coast in Texas. Which is those, a gorgeous piece of country. Yeah, it is. And she lives like on in the Bay Area of Corpus Christi. So it is... It always has sort of a nice temperate climate for the most part. Um, she's fully acclimated now to the Texas climate, which means that when she comes home for the summers, she's now turned into like one of those Texas people that when it's like in the like 70s, she still wants to put a sweater on. I'm just shaking my head because I have nothing for that because I, exp- I can never do that myself. Like, I lived uh, I lived for a while in Atlanta and um, if you want if you want to go somewhere that is really just hot and muggy all the time, move to Atlanta. It's a weird place to be. It's got some great things going on. Um, but I had I had a moment that most people from the south would have if they come to the north uh, where I was sweating and it was 11:30 p.m and the sun had been down for probably three to four hours. And it was 85 degrees with 96% humidity rev- relative. And I'm just like, why do people live here? Mm-hmm. Like, how can you put up with this all the time? Um, I think one of the uh, one of the formative memories of, of kind of growing up and spending my summers in Texas when I was a kid was uh, visiting the Alamo in San Antonio. And the first time I went, I was really excited because I had read books about the Alamo and... and um, you know, not, you know, when you read the book, when you read books about the Alamo, you don't really learn about the entirety of, of like the battle of the Alamo and everything. It's a very specific narrative you get, and it's generally like watered down pretty hard. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, you go in and nobody really ever tells you that the Alamo itself at this point is basically just a room. Yeah. A room full of holes. And a gift shop. Yeah. (laughs) 
And uh, so, you know, imagine being a 10-year-old with ADHD um, and uh, being told, like, yeah, like, getting your, getting your Davy Crockett hat and then getting into the room and then realizing that you have to spend the entire day there. Yeah, everybody else, and I did the exact same thing, and my parents are in the audience. So they can back me up on this. I, like, got there, and I'm like, the Alamo! When are we leaving? <laughs> okay, I've seen it. Now we're done. So as a follow-up, my, uh, my sister and my mom went back, uh, uh, like, after, we, after she was an adult. Because, you know, um, and my sister had that same kind of experience. She was like... You know, I, when we were kids, like, maybe I just didn't give it the right shot. Because it is, like, there's a lot of history. You can go and sit through films. You can read a whole lot of, like, knowledge, when, like, like books and stuff, and look at art when you're there. So she went, and she and my mom went with my aunt, um, who was a school teacher. And my uh, aunt dug everything. Like, she wanted to go watch the film. She wanted to rewatch, uh, reread all of, like, the signage and everything. My sister and my mom went across the street, bought beers, and sat down and waited for my <laughs> aunt to get done. That sounds about right. No, I, the, the not that's not to diminish the the, the no. uh, from for a Texan that's not to diminish the significance of of the independence of Texas because they're very very passionate about the independence of Texas. But it's it's also though how you interact with history is a very strange thing especially as you get older when you're a kid you know like kids get that thing where they just get obsessed with one topic and they have to know everything about it and they might not actually have great sources oh my but then they're certain they know everything and mm -hmm. no one can tell them anything unless it's a book or a person that lived through that thing 180 years ago which is never going to happen um, but then, you know, as you grow older, you still have those moments where it's like, cool, that looks nice. And if you're not, like, finding that moment where you're nerding out about it, you're just like, all right, that's enough. I'm done. And then we go find a bar. Yeah. And the nice thing about San Antonio is there's a lot of places like that. Um, actually, the, the coolest part, I, would, I have to say, the, the coolest experience that I've had visiting um, San Antonio and the Alamo is when we got to visit during Cesar Chavez days. Mm. Because... Um, we got to see like uh, the 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 protest like um, a parade and reenactments and like the celebrations that they were doing for workers' rights. Um, it was really really cool just to see um, to get to get exposure to something that you don't really normally get exposure to. Yeah, I mean, there is always those things you have to make yourself open for new experiences because otherwise you have those moments where you go and you're like, hmm, that's a room. There's stuff to read. I'm not going to bother with it. Mm -hmm. So uh, <laughs> we got super serious for a moment well, there. That was weird. Yeah. Uh, back to the Riverwalk. Uh, what, uh, what is the highlight of your uh, Epicurean adventure? That's food for people that don't know what Epicurean <laughs> is. What is the highlight of your Epicurean um, travels along the Riverwalk? You know, it really doesn't come down to a specific place. Uh, the last time I was at the Riverwalk, uh, I was actually there with uh, my now fiance because um, she we both worked for the same company at the time, and then they they brought her down, and we both ended up having a day to just do nothing. So we just went to the river, Riverwalk, wandered around, and I think we ate two different meals there, and we just kind of found anywhere that had patio seating that we could just look at the river and kind of just be calm and enjoy ourselves down there. And like that's my best memory from the Riverwalk is just like being with her and uh, and wandering around. 
around and you know not having to worry about anything else in the world except those jackasses that were walking five abreast and make me make me almost fall in the river. Yeah, that's it's uh, not great. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't understand by now, for the two times I've already mentioned it, I the the. If you are the type of person that stands really wide and you walk really slow in a public space, just combine yourselves. If you want to stop, move off to the side. It's just going to be better for everybody in the world, and then we can all be happy and get along. Did you ever go... um, I'm completely blanking on this because... uh, Did you ever ever go to the, the market area? I never made it to the market. Oh. I'm sorry. Um, I, so, uh, I, we, because as I said, I used to spend my summers in Texas when I was a kid. Um, we traveled down there, uh, with one of my best friends at the time when I was in like third grade. Um, and we got these, uh, when we were in there, we got these, like these gold rings. And I remember getting really excited that I bought a gold ring with my own money for 10 bucks. And, um, I remember being really, really excited about it. My mom giving me just that judgmental mom face. Um, mom it was face. a custom-made gold ring, too, because we were, we were really geeking out about it, because at the time, we had our own gaming clan. We called ourselves 8BC, because we were the 8-Bit Coalition. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. You can laugh. Like, it, uh, to amazing. this day, I, I, I wholeheartedly like hold on to that, because it was... Yeah, anyway, we had our eight we had our eight BC rings that we got. And I remember trying to explain the um I remember trying to explain the significance excitedly to um the person who was making them and my mom just going the per- he he doesn't care. Just let him make the ring. And and my brain of course focused in on explaining the history behind it because whenever I get passionate about something, I just like to talk at you for as long as I can. You have to know why I love this and love it as well. Exactly. Yeah. That. No, except with that. Without that tone. Yeah. You must love everything I love, right? Yeah. We're the all excitedness happy. of it. Uh huh. Um. Anyway, so we we finished it and um we wore them for we wore them all day. Uh. We finally got on the got on the road and we went to um my aunt's house in Corpus Christi. The next day we got up and went swimming in the ocean. And when we got out, our fingers had turned completely green. Because they were cheap, fake gold. Yeah. I still wore that ring for a year and a half. <laughs> of course you did. I just n- took it off every time I washed my hands. That usually makes sense. All right. So for the taste of this, I just kind of picked up uh, some other things. So I've got us a sampler pack of Loon Juice Ciders. Uh, so we have a strawberry shandy and a ginger mojito. Which one would you like to taste? Shandy. Go for it. I did bring cups. Oh, good. Oh, good. Does anyone else want to? Well, I suppose that's probably not the right thing to do. Never mind. (laughs) We were told not to do that. (laughs) We were told not to do that. Here's a couple of ice cubes as well. He brought ice cubes. I was prepared with literally everything except a bottle opener. And thank you. Do you have a first aid kit in there too? Uh, Not at this time. Oh, so not everything. I had to ditch the first aid kit so I could fit all of the booze in it. All right, so Andy's going to go for the uh, strawberry shandy. I'm going to go for the ginger mojito. Um, these are flavors I I have not tried before. We've done the honey crisp before on the on the uh, podcast, um, but I haven't really gone with any of their other flavors to this point. So I'm actually really excited to taste this because really when it comes out of uh, Aaron doesn't like beer. No, 
And I do actually, over the course of this podcast, um, keep trying to get him to actually like beer. We found one. We found we one. We found it, one that and I really like. It wasn't liked. really a real beer. It was Rogue's Hazel, Hazel Lutely Chaka Fabulous beer. Yeah, you hear that word? That is just candy in a, in a beer bottle. But it still it has that delicious. like. It's delicious. It has that back of the kind of uh, like mash and uh, uh, just. Everything that I don't like about beer comes from the like last taste of beer, and uh, like I think I've talked about the podcast where my, my dad used to uh, brew his own, and f- everybody told him how great it was, and all I could smell was the brewing process. Which you've ev- if you have ever sat and smelled beer being brewed and you find it delectable, then you are a person that really enjoys beer. If you find it to be one of the most repulsive scents in the world, that's what I feel like when brew is or beer is being brewed. Because uh, it just, for whatever reason, I cannot find that as a pleasant scent. It's okay. So, well, and actually, like, one of the reasons, uh, so I'm trying to get him to like beer, but the other reason is because I feel like um, even if you don't like beer, um, you can at least find something in it that you like about it or that you can find to allow you to recommend it to other people. And so if you listen to, like, episode two, our... Um, Louisville episode. Aaron actually way. does pick out uh, flavors and um, and like smells in the beer that would help him pick out. A it was beer just the rest else. of the experience that mm-hmm. turned me off to that particular brew. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, Aaron, uh, go for it. You already tasted it. I did. All right. So I've got the ginger mojito, and it. I mean, to be honest, it's a, it's a hard cider, so it still has that apple flavor because it's always going to have the honey crisp. Because uh, Loon Juice seems to make everything with honey crisps, um, mm-hmm. which is a delicious type of apple. Um, it does have kind of a ginger back. Um, it doesn't really taste much like a mojito to me, but that's because I generally make my mojitos with blackstrap rum, so they're a lot more pungent. He's, as we already established, you're really fancy. I, I, I kind of am, but I'm also... It's weird because when I make cocktails, I like... I want to make a really good cocktail. I want to use good ingredients. Uh, but every other day when I just want to have something that's alcoholic to drink, I literally pour vodka in a cup and then fill it with Kool-Aid. Can like, you... Uh, can, can you... <laughs> it's the, it, I have the weirdest dichotomy with booze where it's just like, oh, hey, yeah, no, I, I, can, I have all you... these other things that I have on the table with me. And then I go home and it's like, I made Kool-Aid and I'm going to put vodka in it. You should tell them about your muddler. Oh yes. So I'm sure they those of you, uh, story. Uh, so I I got really excited about a muddler in an antique store that I was at with uh, with my fiance and her mother, and I, I didn't own one, but I was like, oh, I can make mojitos, and there's like all these other drinks. Mojitos was the thing that was on my mind at the time because to make a mojito, uh, you muddle uh, lime juice and simple syrup and mint, uh, and then you pour your rum, and then you pour in your kind of like club soda seltzer. Um, but I found this, like, it was an earthenware jar full of muddlers. They were, like, 12 or 15 bucks. And I got so excited because they're, like, antique muddlers. And uh, I had to explain to my fiancé and then her mom why I wanted to buy this thing. Because it's literally just, it's a wooden dowel. It's, like, a foot long. And it, you know, has kind of a, a like, more wide flat end at one side and then kind of, like, a curved handle. And I think there's actually a photo that we posted with the episode. We did for with Tattersall. Um, but I like, I'm sitting there just like geeking out about a piece of wood that I can use to smash up, uh, mint and simple syrup and lime. And it like, I own it. I got it. And they, 
every time that my fiance sees it, she's just like, when are you going to use that? I'm like, we made mojitos like six months ago. What do you mean, when am I going to use it? So now I'm actually, I need to go make mojitos when I get home so that I have used it again within the year. All right, Andy, what's, uh, let, hey, let's give a taste of the summer shandy, or the strawberry shandy. It tastes like how I imagine Rochester should taste. <laughs> Are we talking Rochester, New York, or Rochester, Minnesota? Minnesota okay, uh, different places. Well, no, this is actually made in out, just outside of Rochester. Okay. For people that don't know, um, it actually, it, it's, um, it, it has, there's, this one actually does taste like strawberries and uh, syrup and um, sweetness. Like, there's a little bit of tartness on it. Um, it's really good. Um, I like this one. I didn't want to do the ginger one after you had me do a ginger uh, uh, thing. Oh, yeah. After the meal. we already had the ginger beer. And the I don't meal. normally do meals because they trigger my acid reflux. Oh, I'm sorry about that. No, it's okay. I enjoyed it. It was delicious. I mean, honestly, and to go back to the mule for a quick second, like, again, I found the uh, the alcoholic ginger beer at Total Wine a long time ago, and it's just like, I can put more booze in something that's already alcoholic? This is my thing. This is exactly what I love. Because anytime I can add more booze, like, I, I used to drink, I used to drink Appletinis, which a lot of people make fun of, made fun of me for, uh, and I also drank uh, the Long Islands uh, that they made at TGI Fridays a long time ago, uh, where they added, like, watermelon pucker instead of the, uh, instead of Coke, and so it was just like, everyone, like, there's people like, oh, you're drinking this weird fancy drink that's got a bunch of extra sweetness. Yeah, and there's more booze. Everything is much more alcoholic. That's the best part. If every part of this drink can have booze in it, then I'm going to be much happier. That's why um, that's why you generally prefer your um, Minnesota Nices to yeah. your... Um, I have no other drinks off the top <laughs> of my head right now. I do love the Minnesota Nice. That is the one, that is the one drink. Because that, that was in our first episode. If you haven't listened, go for it. Um, but everywhere I have traveled... Um, whenever I've been somewhere for a couple of weeks and I've just kind of lost my mind and needed a taste of home, I found a bartender that would make me that, and then I just drank a couple. And every single time, they're just like, what the hell is this? And I'm like, taste it. And they're like, I mean, it's really good, but why would you do this? I'm like, because I drank it a long time ago at home, and all I wanted was just to remember you know, those days uh, when I had nothing else to do but go to a bar on a Tuesday and drink until 2 a.m. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and for me, uh, my uh, I, I I don't know. Like for me, I've I've been um, I've sort of we went on a gigantic rum buying spree, mm-hmm. which is how we've had so many tiki drinks now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, it. I really, really, really want to make you. Uh, I just want to like make you tiki drinks for the next like five episodes, if that's okay. <laughs> That's all right. I, I, I should bring uh, – so if you haven't been to Psycho Susie's and you're in the audience, go. Um, also, I have a One-Eyed Willie glass that I made sure and picked up because it's my favorite glass from there. Um, so I'll bring that for the next time we do a tiki drink so that I can have my own glass there and you don't have to worry about washing it. Well, we've hit the uh, noon hour here at Die Laughing, so we're going to go ahead and jump into our outro. Okay. Which is our fun thing. You see, we actually have a script – this is the first podcast I've done where we've had a script. It's exciting. <laughs> we also have outro music. 
And it's I, I love the outro music. I yeah, really it is. Do. It kind of gets stuck in my head a little bit. Um, all right, here we go. <clears throat> We're out of time today, but that doesn't mean the show has to end. You can contact us by leaving a comment at travelbyproxy.com or by emailing fans at travelbyproxy.com. The Travel by Proxy theme is Good Day by Alex, copyright 2012. Our closing music is Now We're Talking by Jerris, which is playing now, copyright 2015. Both are licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution 3.0 license and can be found at dig.ccmixture.org. Thank you very much for listening to this week's episode. We hope you enjoyed it, and we wish you a look, a look out, out your, your window. window. Walking with you and your moving peace stones and your rearranging all. Normally we just let this, we actually let this play, and it does fade out. It does now fade out naturally, so just give it a moment. Things and places, all the names and the faces. Free music is amazing. Isn't it amazing? <laughs> Thank you all so Thank much. Thank you all so much. If you actually liked it, we have cards. You can get, I made them. They're cool. They are really cool. Thank you so much to Travel by Proxy. Give them another round of applause. Fuck it, that wasn't enough. Give them some more.